Lord God, in the beginning you spoke and stilled the waters of chaos to bring forth our worlds. On Sinai you spoke again to Moses and gave us the law to bring order out of disorder and compel our rebellious wills. In your gracious time you speak again, the word made flesh that lives among us. Father, help us to live by the new commandment Jesus gives, to love and serve each other and to surrender our lives to you. We ask this through our Lord Jesus Christ, your Son, who lives and reigns with you in the unity of the Holy Spirit, God, forever and ever. Amen. Amen. A reading from the book of Exodus. In the wilderness, the people thirsted for water, and the people complained against Moses and said, Why did you bring us out of Egypt? to kill us and our children and livestock with thirst. So Moses cried out to the Lord, What shall I do with this people? They are almost ready to stone me. The Lord said to Moses, Go on ahead of the people and take some of the elders of Israel with you. Take in your hand the staff with which you struck the Nile and go. I will be standing there in front of you on the rock at Horeb. Strike the rock, and water will come out of it, so that the people may drink. Moses did so in the sight of the elders of Israel. He called the place Massah and Meribah, because the Israelites quarreled and tested the Lord, saying, Is the Lord among us or not? The word of the Lord. A reading from the letter of Paul to the Romans. Since we are justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ, through whom we have obtained access to this grace in which we stand, and we boast in our hope of sharing the glory of God. And hope does not disappoint us, Because God's love has been poured into our hearts through the Holy Spirit that has been given to us. For while we were still weak, at the right time Christ died for the ungodly. Indeed, rarely will anyone die for a righteous person. Though perhaps for a good person, someone might actually dare to die. But God proves his love for us in that while we still were sinners, Christ died for us. The word of the Lord. The Lord be with you. And with your spirit. A reading from the Holy Gospel according to John. Glory Glory to you, O Lord. Jesus came to a town of Samaria called Sychar, near the plot of land that Jacob had given to his son Joseph. Jacob's well was there. Jesus, tired from his journey, sat down there at the well. It was about noon. A woman from Samaria Samaria came to draw water, and Jesus said to her, Give me a drink. His disciples had gone into the town to buy food. The Samaritan woman said to him, How can you, a Jew, ask me, a Samaritan woman, for a drink? For Jews use nothing in common with Samaritans. Jesus answered and said to her, If you knew the gift of God 
and who is saying to you, Give me a drink, you would have asked him, and he would have given you living water. The woman said to him, Sir, you do not even have a bucket, and the, and the cistern is deep. Where then can you get this living water? Are you greater than our father Jacob, who gave us this cistern and drank from it himself with his children and his flocks? Jesus answered and said to her, Everyone who drinks this water will be thirsty again, but whoever drinks the water I shall give will never thirst. The water I shall give will become in him a spring of water welling up to eternal life. The woman said to him, Sir, give me this water so that I may not be thirsty or have to keep coming here to draw water. Jesus said to her, Go, call your husband and come back. The woman answered and said to him, I do not have a husband. Jesus answered her, You are right in saying, I do not have a husband. For you have had five husbands, and the one you have now is not your husband. What you have said is true. The woman said to him, Sir, I can see that you are a prophet. Our ancestors worshipped on this mountain. But you people say that the place to worship is in Jerusalem. Jesus said to her, Believe me, woman, the hour is coming when you will worship the Father neither on this mountain nor in Jerusalem. You people worship what you do not understand. We worship what we understand, because salvation is from the Jews. But the hour is coming and is now here when true worshipers will worship the Father in spirit and truth. And indeed, the Father seeks such people to worship him. God is spirit, and those who worship him must worship in spirit and truth. The woman said to him, I know that the Messiah is coming, the one called the Christ. When he comes, he will tell us everything. Jesus said to her, I am he, the one speaking with you. And at that moment, his disciples returned and were amazed that he was talking with a woman. But still no one said, what are you looking for? Or why are you talking with her? The woman left her water jar and went into town and said to the people, Come, see a man who told me everything that I have done. Could he possibly be the Christ? They went out of the town and came to him. Meanwhile, the disciples urged him, Rabbi, eat. But he said to them, I have food to eat of which you do not know. So the disciples said to one another, could someone have brought him something to eat? Jesus said to them, My food is to do the will of the one who sent me and to finish his work. Do you not say, In four months the harvest will be here? I tell you, look up and see the fields ripe for the harvest. The reaper is already receiving payment and gathering crops for eternal life, so that the sower and reaper can rejoice together. For here the saying is verified that one sows and another reaps. I sent you to reap what you have not worked for. Others have done the work, and you are sharing the fruits of their work. Many of the Samaritans of that town began to believe in him 
because of the word of the woman who testified. He told me everything I have done. When the Samaritans came to him, they invited him to stay with them, and he stayed there two days. But more began to believe in him because of his word. And they said to the woman, We no longer believe because of your word, for we have heard for ourselves, and we know that this is truly the Savior of the world. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, Lord Jesus Christ. This story that we just heard reminds me of the story I once heard of a woman who was um, married four times, and when she was asked why, she explained that uh, the reason why she married four times, uh, first of all, her four husbands were these. The first one was a millionaire. The second one was an entertainer. The third one was a minister. And the fourth one was a mortician. So she explained that the uh, first one she married for the money, the second for the show, third to get ready, and fourth to go. (laughs) So the woman in the gospel today was married five times, and of course uh, her current uh, partner was not her husband. So Jesus treats her with compassion and with with, uh, God's mercy, of course. That's what he offers her. He doesn't beat her over the head with her past. He just tells her, you know, this is your current situation. He knows. He knows that she's at the well at noon when the sun is at its hottest, trying to perhaps avoid crowds because nobody came to draw water at that, that, usually that time of the day. So perhaps she didn't have the best reputation, but again, Jesus doesn't hold it against her. He just shows her who she can be pouring out the, the love of God on, upon her. This is not about ordinary thirst. Jesus is thirsting for something more than water. And, of course, she comes originally because she's thirsty. She comes for water, but Jesus offers her a lot, offers her a lot more that, he, that she asks for. So today we see that what Jesus is doing actually was, of course, prefigured in the Old Testament. Moses, about two or three months into the journey of the, to the Promised Land, is with the people in, the, in deserted place. There is no water, hardly any food. So people start complaining. The place is called Mara, Massa and Meribah, the place where people quarreled and complained. So God tells Moses, this is what you have to do. Draw water from the rock for people to drink. They are thirsty. You see the similarities with the gospel reading right there. People are thirsty. God gives them more than they, they ask for much more. They quickly forgot how, how he drew them or took them out of the life of slavery from Egypt, and now they were journeying to the promised land. So Moses intercedes. He's afraid that he's going to be stoned. That's how angry people are. God does what he always does, answers the need. So we see that God provides water from the rock, and people are saved, and they continue their journey to the promised land. We know, of course, that Moses was in a difficult position because people were stubborn. Many times they were quick to complain, yet he knew what he needed to do. He turned to the Lord. Sometimes, really, he felt helpless. The Lord always helped him to do the right thing. So then we see that even St. Paul talks about not perhaps water, although we can sense the water of baptisms that he is referring to and Jesus himself, but he talks about the love of God that is poured out through the Holy Spirit upon us. He says that Jesus died for us while we were sinners, that Jesus didn't wait for us to show him some proof that we will love him, we will follow him, that we will do this, this, and this for him, and then 
he will die perhaps. No, he did it before we could do anything for him in return. Show great love, offering everything he had, even his own life. So he said, remember that. Remember, this is how God pours out his love upon all through the Holy Spirit. So really, the challenge that comes from the scripture today is to reflect on the images of thirst, water, the love of God that is poured out, that flows like a fresh river, a spring of fresh water, giving life, giving nourishment, producing fruit. And of course, we see that's exactly what Jesus is doing. There is a story of a little girl who answered the doorbell. Her father was an obstetrician. And there was an excited man standing at the door and asked her, uh, is your daddy home? And she said, no. And the man asked her, do you know when, when he will be back? And she said, no, he is out on an eternity case. <laughs> Each one of us in it is an eternity case. The woman in the gospel, in Jesus' mind, was an eternity case. That's why Jesus did what he did for her and what he does for us. Because each one of us in, inter in it, eternity case, by the conduct of our lives, we build our eternity. So Jesus knows the past of this woman, but he opens her up to the new future. He is unlike those other men that were part of her life, her husbands or her current partner. She finally meets the man that will satisfy her deeper thirst, not for water, but for fulfilling life. Again, that's what Jesus does for all of us. Satisfy our hunger, our thirst for, for deeper, more meaningful life. How do we respond? We need to be like that woman. She is our teacher. Yes, Jesus teaches her, but she teaches us. Because you see, there is a progression. There is animosity between Jews and Samaritans. In fact, when they first meet, she asks him, how can you, a Jew, ask me for a drink? Then, a little bit later, she calls him sir, and then prophet, and then could he be the Messiah? She tells the people of her town, Sychar, is he, could he be the one, is he the one we are expecting? See, the progression, because of the way that Jesus related to her. Again, the pattern that, that she shows, the pattern that Jesus showed how to treat other people. We know, of course, as I said, there, there was animosity between the Jews and Samaritans. Samaritans built their own temp temple. They didn't go to Jerusalem anymore. Samaritan Samaritans were actually people who were not Jews by blood, only by location. They were brought to live there, to Samaria and other locations from other lands. So that's why there was this tension and animosity. A rabbi would not talk to a woman in public. Some rabbis would not, their, would not talk to their own wives or daughters in public. They were so strict. So Jesus breaks down the barriers of how the society is. He breaks down the barriers. He doesn't put them up. He takes them down. So there can be an exchange. Life can be brought to this woman. So we need to ask ourselves, through, how, we, how can we be that source of flowing water of grace to people that we meet? The woman teaches us, how to do that. Thirsting for, for Christ, thirsting for the living water. Remember what she says? Tell, give me this water always so I don't have to come here to draw water from the well. And Jesus offers her that. Again, the question is that Jesus asked, if you knew the gift of God and who it is that is telling to you, give me a water, you would have asked him and he would have given you living water. Do we know the gift of God? Do we embrace 
or try to at least comprehend to some extent what Jesus offers us. This woman of Samaria did, to some extent, of course. Then she went and told her own people. And how did they respond? Now, not, not only because of your word we believe in him, but because we ourselves have seen. Jesus was, as we heard, he stayed two days there. He was impressed with their response. They understood the gift of God that he brought to that place. Do we understand it? And then do, do we live it? So let us, as I said, let us be those people that offer, that, that are, that through whom that water of God's grace flows to the lives of those around us. You know, during the early days of Christianity, the most difficult or horrible thing that the early Christians experienced by the Roman Empire that oppressed them was when you were captured as a Christian, you were sent to the mines of Africa. And many people, it, the journey was so difficult, some of them didn't even make it there, in, uh, walking in the scorching sun for days. Finally, when they got to the mines, they had to work long hours with no, with no hope for a better future. So what they would do, they would uh, engrave on the walls different words and images, trying to keep their hope alive. So when these mines were opened to public, the most frequent words that they found that visitors found were two, Christ and life. That gave them the strength to, to go on, to live in, in these horrible conditions, difficult conditions, Christ and life. That's exactly what the, what the gift of God is to us. Christ who is our life, the living water, the, the one that's, that gives us true nourishment, that extinguishes our every thirst. So let us be thankful for what Jesus offers. Let us always be aware of the gift of God. Let us be like that woman who is our teacher. And more importantly, let us be like Jesus who offers that life-giving water to every person that he meets, and so should we.